Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. I really appreciate the people who are regular listeners of this podcast, and I appreciate those of you who might have just found it for the first time. Thank you so much for joining this conversation. I started this podcast almost five years ago, and we are now up over 460 episodes. The purpose was I wanted to expose myself and anyone who decided to, to join in and listen to what certain entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and business leaders and, and, and smart people who were successful had to say. Because if I know anything, it's that success leaves clues. And so I wanted to get myself access to some really smart people who were doing really cool things. I didn't know that this would become such an active part of my business and that I would learn so much along the way. But we're still here, and so thank you for joining in. And in fact, if you like the show, do me a favor, tell someone else about it. The number one thing I hear from people is the way they find the podcast is because of word of mouth. Somebody told them, hey, you should check out this podcast. And so they did, and that's how they became a listener. So if you like the show, be sure to talk it up to your friends. So today I'm going to take a little different take. I had a conversation the other day with somebody, and I just want to share it. I'm, I'm going to kind of free flow here. I don't know uh, really what my thoughts are in, in general, but I'm going to talk about what it takes to be one of the top motivational speakers that are out there. Now, I'm not putting myself into that category, although I do work. I speak over 50 times a year. I've been doing it for more than a decade. I've given over 800 professional-level presentations uh, to probably somewhere over 500 clients. I often speak more than once at a single conference, so uh, it depends how you count it up. But I will tell you, I was talking to someone who was new to the business, and he had come in with a lot of preconceived notions of what it took to be successful. And about a year into working as a speaker, all of his preconceived notions about how to market, how the business works, how he would grow his business, how much work he would get, have all been shattered. And so he called me and asked me, what is it that I thought the top motivational speakers in the world do? And so I started thinking about it. And then I saw a post on Instagram by a woman who is a friend of mine. In fact, she's been on this show who a year ago had never given a professional speech. I don't think she had ever been paid to speak previous to a year ago. Now, she was a pretty active business professional, but in the last year, she has just exploded onto the scene. She is speaking all over the world. Her book is rocketing to the top of a bunch of different lists. But her Instagram post, she was publicly proclaiming her intention of how she wanted to reach the top of the charts with her book, with her speaking. It's where she wanted to be. And it was, it was sitting under a tree with Oprah. And she was proclaiming this publicly. And she admitted, hey, a little bit about this is that she has an ego. And you know what? I don't think you can enter the business of speaking unless you have a little bit of an ego. And I, I see people all the time who say, oh, none of it's about me. It's all about the audience. And well, yeah, we all want to serve. We all want to educate. We want to share our perspectives. I don't think you can be in this business, and I don't think you can be successful if you don't have a little bit of ego behind you that's driving you. But she admitted in this, in this post that it really wasn't all about ego. She admitted she had one, but it wasn't about ego. It was about the drive. It was about 
how she wanted to be exceptional because of how, where that would take her message. And I got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know, I bet everybody who reaches the top, who really goes gangbuster, has to have some of that, that same feeling. So in the world I live in, the, the world of speakers, I'm going to take that as the example, but I think no matter what industry you're in, you're going to be able to learn from my observation of what I think the top people in the world are doing. And I've written this down because I'm going to post it here on my board because I want to pay attention to these 10 things. I want to make sure that I'm doing all of them. I want to make sure that I'm publicly proclaiming, like my friend did, about what it is to soar to the top, how she is going to get to her potential, how she's not just going to dream about it, and she's not just going to hope and wish it's going to happen, but how she is publicly driving herself to get there. So before I get started, I want to thank the sponsor of this episode because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get talking and I'm not going to think to stop and thank Podfly Productions, and they really deserve to be thanked because I would never have had this podcast if I hadn't discovered them five years ago. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. They take the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content and growing your audience. If you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do because you talk to me about it, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. And I'll just add, they are a great partner to work with. So I have interviewed over 400 entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and a lot of really high-performing professional speakers here on this podcast. And I study the business. I've been active as a speaker for well over a decade, and I watch what people are doing. I take notes. I think about it. I ponder it. I sit under a tree, not with Oprah, but I sit under a tree and I think about, huh, what do I need to do to up my game? And last year, I was challenged by somebody who is one of the top motivational speakers who's out there in the world. And he told me, because you're really good. I've seen you speak but it's time for you to play bigger. And over the course of the last 10 months that he had, since he's had that conversation with me, I've been thinking a lot about what does it take. So when this gentleman asked me the other day, what do I think the top motivational speakers in the world do? I put my pen to paper and I came up with 10 answers. And as I said, I don't think it matters what you do. I think you should listen to what these 10 things are and ask yourself, do the top people in my industry do these things? I bet that these traits and these actions that I wrote down, I bet that they're shared by the top people in every industry. So let's go through this. What do the top professional speakers in the world do? Well, number one, they have a clear vision. They set intentions. They visualize what their career is going to look like, and they have very clear goals. Much like the woman who posted on Instagram about sitting under the tree with Oprah, she knows exactly what it is she's trying to do. She knows what the brass ring looks like, and she is reaching out to grab it. And I think that's what the people at the top do. I don't think a lot of people end up there by accident. I think there are outliers. I think some people get famous for something, and they show up, and suddenly they're at the top of their game. But I think the people who are doing it day after day, month after month, year after year, I think that they had to have a very clear vision and an intention of what it was they were going to do. So look at your own career for just a second. Are you really clear about what you're trying to grow? If you're trying to start a business, do you know what you want it to look like? 
I find myself sometimes getting caught of not thinking big enough, much like I was challenged to think bigger. And sometimes I'm just happy with what I'm getting. But I'm, when I am clear, when I'm really focused, and when I know what I'm trying to accomplish, that's when I seem to stumble upon the opportunities. So I don't think that magic fairy dust comes down and people's careers explode. I think we have to be clear, and I think we have to be intentional about what we want to do. The second thing that I think the top people in my industry do is I think they are self-aware. When I look at the people who are at the top, so many of them have gone and got coaching and they have worked on their craft. Now, in the speaking business and in all businesses, there's a lot of people out there who get caught in what I call the good enough cycle. They get out there and they're doing a good job and they're getting clients and maybe their ego takes over a little bit and they think, yeah, I'm good enough. In fact, in the speaking world, so often people think they're great speakers because after a speech, people come up to them and say, hey, great speech. But think about this for a minute. We live in a polite society. What are you going to say to a speaker after a presentation? You're never going to tell them, hey, I found you highly mediocre or I wish I hadn't chose this session. No, we look at the speaker and we say, hey, great job, great speech. Now, I said this to one woman the other day and she told me, oh, I would never say that. I'm brutally honest. And I said, so what would you say to a speaker who you thought was mediocre? And her answer was, I would look at them and say, I loved that story about your sister. And I laughed and I said, do you know what the speaker just heard? They heard great speech. But the truly great speakers, the t people who are at the top of the game, I think they're very self-aware. They're going to people like Michael and Amy Port and their heroic public speaking class. And they're actually getting taught how to perform better on stage. Or this is one of the things I do. They're videotaping themselves and sitting down and watching the entire speech. And they're looking for the little quirks and things that they do that where they're not really connecting with the audience. They're very self-aware. When I look at other industries and I look at entrepreneurs who are doing well, they know what their strengths are. But they also are aware of what their weaknesses are. And they go out and they get coached on how to, how to improve those weaknesses, how to get better. Or they hire someone to fill in those gaps. So I think that the people who are at the best, I think the second thing they do is they are hyper self-aware. Are you really self-aware about who you are and where you stand in your business? I did a little exercise for this the other day where I really looked at my marketing. I really looked at how I'm perceived and... I don't like to look at the parts that aren't great. I don't like to look at the parts where I fall short. But when I'm really honest about it, that's where I can then go get better. Number three, I think the people who are at top of their game in my business and every business, I think they're brave. I think they have courage. I think the people who are really the best in the field work past the fear. Because no matter what you do for a living, it's scary. There's fear of the unknown. There's fear of failure. There's even fear of success. But you can't let that stop you from going to the next level. And as I look at the people who have really climbed up, especially in today's social media hyper world, a lot of people have to put themselves out there on, on social media, on video. Uh, I'm reminded of a guy named Brian Fanzo, and his tagline is just push the button. He teaches companies and people about marketing, but he is really focused on video. And he's really big about having to put yourself out there. And yet when I talk to people who are struggling with their speaking careers, they're not filming little short videos. They're not putting things out on YouTube. So this year, I went to something, going back to self-awareness. This was one of the areas I sucked. 
I went to a thing called the Video Lab that was put on by the National Speakers Association. And I got really aware of where my fears were around just doing more videos. And so I had to face those fears. And you know what? I actually got discovered by somebody the other day because they found a little clip of me on YouTube. It wasn't a clip of me speaking. It was a clip of me talking to the camera. Now, this is an area I'm not great at, and yet it still led me to a potential new prospect. But I never would have gotten there if I hadn't gotten self-aware that I needed to improve in that area, but then I had to get brave. As Brian says, I had to just push the button. So I think you have to have courage if you really want to excel, and I think that when the fear comes up, you just have to work through the fear. Number four, Number four, I think the people who reach the top of the game get really good at building relationships, networking, building a reputation. And I think a lot of them have had a mentor. Now, I'm lumping all of those things into the bucket of people. All opportunities in our life come from people. I don't think you can reach the top of my field or yours if you're not really good at connecting with people and building relationships. I went through kind of a little bit of a rough time uh, earlier this year, and I was struggling with some stuff in my business and, and maybe in life. And one of the things I decided to do is just start reconnecting with people. And so I used LinkedIn as my vehicle, and I have reached out over the past several months to over a thousand people and just offered, hey, how can I help? What can I do? I'm, I'm not trying to sell them anything. I'm just reaching out and trying to make a connection. Now, I'll be honest, most people don't reply to my reach out, and that's fine. People are busy. People don't have to give a shit about what I'm doing. However, a large number of people have reached out, and my calendar suddenly has become full with having coffee and lunches with people who I've maybe lost touch with over time, or maybe I've never gotten to know all that well. And so I think that really improving your networking skills is one of the ways to drive you up to the top. I mean, I work in a word-of-mouth business. It doesn't matter if you're a speaker who's speaking 100 times a year for $40,000 or somebody who's just starting out and speaking for free at the Rotary Club. The truth is, if you want to get opportunities to go and present, it's people who make those hiring decisions. There is no algorithm that matches speakers to events. And even though a lot of people try to start matching services, the reality is, is that when I talk to meeting planners, almost all of them say they find their speakers because they saw them speak at a conference or someone they know saw them speak at a conference. So it's a word of mouth business. But you know what? So is your business. I don't know who you are or what you do, but your business, all opportunities in it come from people. If you're in real estate, that's a referral-based business. If you work in technology, it's still a people-focused business. So when you look at people who are getting promoted or getting hired or growing their businesses, they really have created that good network. And I touched on a little bit saying maybe they had a mentor. When I see the people who get admitted every year into the Speaker Hall of Fame – which, by the way, is a thing. The National Speaker uh, Speakers Association has a Hall of Fame, and they induct five people per year, and each of them give a speech at a banquet. And I've been going for the last poof, 10 years, I guess. This will be my 11th time. Uh, no, I am not in the Speaker Hall of Fame, but y you never know, someday. But when I watch the people who are out there doing it, one of the things that they always say is they thank their mentor or they thank their mastermind group. They thank people who helped them grow their business along the way. Again, it's what I said before. All opportunities in life come from people. 
none of us would be able to achieve anything and you would never be able to get to the top if you're not really cultivating those relationships and building that reputation with the people who matter. So look at your own business. Is your networking area, your people area, is that an area that you could have some improvement? Most of us probably should say yes. And if so, what can you do to go and do something about that starting today? Maybe go to LinkedIn and look for 10 people you've lost touch with. Send them a note. If they're local, try and get on their calendar for coffee because people matter. Number five, the people who are at the top are usually open to feedback, at least in my industry. I mean, yeah, there's some people with big egos, but along the way, they've had some trusted people who've come along and told them, this is an area where you can improve. If you think you have all the answers, you're never going to get better. And unless you just fell into that top position, you're not probably going to stay there anyway. And so you have to be open to feedback, but you don't want feedback from just anybody. Here's the thing I've learned. There are a lot of people who come up and give advice who aren't in the game. There's that famous speech that's out there uh, that was uh, by Teddy Roosevelt. It's my favorite quote, quote, has been my favorite quote for a long time. And right now it's getting a lot of circulation. It's called The Man in the Arena. And uh, it is a focal point of the popular Netflix talk done by Brene Brown. And she talks about the fact that, you know, she long time ago stopped taking advice from people who aren't in the game. People who aren't out there taking risks, who aren't out there doing it. I wish I had the quote in front of me. I'd read it for you. But if you're interested, you can just Google Teddy Roosevelt, man in the arena. It's the most powerful quote out there. And so you need to get feedback, but you need to get feedback from people who are doing. So I was talking to a young man who I mentor and I told him somebody had given him some advice, but that person hated their job. And I said, why would you take career advice from someone who's failing? Take career advice from someone who's living their dream. Don't take career advice from people who have settled. It's the same thing. Same thing with feedback. Don't listen to the feedback. You got to be polite if someone gives you feedback, but you don't have to listen to the people who aren't in your game. Number six, you have to manage your potential. So if you're a regular listener of this show, you know what I speak about at company meetings is called the paradox of potential. And it's all about how do you as an individual and the whole team that you belong to, how do you manage your potential? The number one thing that you have to do if you want to manage your potential is you have to be able to identify the realities of what that potential is. If you oversell yourself on what your capabilities are, you're never going to get there. But if you undersell yourself, you're going to equally come out as short. So you have to be able to identify what that potential is and then dissect what is it that's holding you back. Because once you know what's holding you back, it is so much easier to cross that gap that exists between potential and performance. And I will tell you, the people who I see just crushing it in my business, they are very good at navigating that gap between their potential and the actual results that they're getting. Have you given thought to managing your potential as a success strategy? Give me a call. That's what I'll talk about. I could talk about that for hours. And if anybody wants to dive deeper, I am always happy to help in that area. Number seven, number seven is you got to try new things. I think the people who are reinventing themselves and trying new things are the ones who get to stay on top. So in my industry, it's very rare that you see somebody who just has one book and one speech and lasts for 10 years or 20 years. When you look at the people who have been out there working for a long time, they reinvent themselves. They release new content. They refocus what they're doing. And it charges them up. 
a few years ago, I saw a speaker, his name's Eric Chester. And Eric said, he was speaking at the National Speakers Association. He said, take a look at your content, your main keynote, look at your PowerPoint and throw out every slide and then make every piece of content audition its way back in to your speech and only let the best parts in. And then come up with new stuff to fill in the gaps. Because if you're not constantly trying to be new and fresh, audiences are going to get bored, especially the people who are working a lot. People have seen them. If they still have the same message year after year after year, nobody's going to want to book them. But I think that's also true. I mean, if you have a retail store and every time I walk in, the same things are out there, I'm going to stop shopping there. There has to be new things. There has to be something exciting. So I believe the people who reach the top, they're always trying new things. And number eight is you got to fine-tune those skills. And that means learning. You have to be forever dedicated to learning. Now, I touched on that a little bit before, but I actually think that the people who get to the top and stay at the top in my industry, they're always in classes. They're always reading books. They're always listening to podcasts. They're always talking to people. And they're a sponge. They're soaking up as much as they can. And this is something that I am working so hard on. I am trying to absolutely every day fine-tune my knowledge and my skills and make sure that I am learning something every single day because I think that that's what you have to do in order to be able to grow. Because it's so easy just to rest on what you knew yesterday or to realize that the skills that you had got you there. But the truth is what got you to where you are now may not get you to that next level. Number nine, the people who are at the top of my business, the people who are the top motivational speakers in the world, most of them, not all of them, make it easy for people to work with them. You know what? Think about that. How often have you run into people who put up roadblocks and make working with them just a pain in the butt? If you want to succeed in any career, be easy to get along with. Be easy to work with. Find ways to say yes Make it about the client. You know the old saying, the client always comes first. There's all these people who think, oh, no, we're going to make it hard. We're going to do this. We're going to add this. We're going to upsell them. We're going to do this. You know what? I just want to make my client happy. And my client is a combination of the audience that I speak to and the group, the, the meeting planner or the committee that hired me. And I try really hard to be the easiest speaker that they're going to work with every single time. And I know that the people who are at the top do that the same way. Now, there's exceptions, sure. There's a lot of people out there who get to the top of every business who are jerks. But you know what? Let's not focus on the outliers. Let's focus on the people who are consistently out there getting things done. And I think that in order to be one of those people, you have to be easy to work with. And number 10, if you want to reach the top of your industry, if you want to be the best of the best, I certainly know it's true in my industry, and that is they never give up. Nine years ago, when I was about a year into this business, I had you know, spent a couple years speaking part-time, but I went full-time and I was doing it and I wasn't really getting any traction yet. I certainly wasn't paying all my bills. Somebody close to me asked, so when do you quit? And my answer was, I don't quit. Even if I have to go get a full-time job, I keep doing this because I love what I do. I feel so honored, so blessed that I get to be out there doing what I do for a living. I'm so thrilled by my industry. It's exciting to me. And I said, I know that 100% of the people who quit don't make it to the top. And that's the thing. The people who are really excelling in my industry and your industry, they don't quit. 
There's the old saying that it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. I think that's true. I think it is so true that so often people just go and quit before they get to that sort of promised land. They stop before they get there. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If you want to reach the top of your industry, keep going. Think about these 10 things. I'll put them on the page on my website. But think about, you know, you can listen to this podcast again if you have to. But listen to these 10 things and ask yourself, do I do all of them every single day? Do you have a clear vision? Are you aware of your strengths and your weaknesses? Are you brave? Are you working through that fear when you get scared? Are you really good with people? Do you have a good network? Do you have mentors? Do you have people who are there to help you? And are you helping others? Are you open to feedback? Are you aware of your potential? And are you managing that potential with intention? Are you trying new things? and fine-tuning your skills? Are you always learning? And are you easy to work with, or are you a pain in the ass? And then finally, are you just going forward every day and not giving up? So thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you liked it. It was fresh on my mind because of a conversation that I had. And I always try on these Tuesday episodes to make sure that I'm sharing things that I'm facing and I'm dealing with in my own business because I know that if I'm you know, struggling or intrigued or, you know, trying to overcome something. I know some of you out there are too. So please let me know what you thought of this episode. As always, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody really cool. Thank you so much for being here. Jump over to iTunes and subscribe. Uh, That's the way the podcast gets ranked. So tell your friends and subscribe to cool things entrepreneurs do. And thank you for being part of the little community that we've created. You can also join us on the Facebook page or follow us at cool podcast on uh, Twitter, and I'm on Instagram at Tom Singer. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Get out there and try new things. And uh, check out the shirts that I sell at trynewthings.shop. And while you're out there trying new things and growing your business, have fun along the way. Have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.